I'm pretty much Mika Hakkinen in a go-kart, you know. It's been a minute, but welcome back to Air Fuel Spark. Today we're digging in on the racing games of yesteryear, which led us to become the automotive nutjobs that we are today. Let's get it started. Buenos dias. I am still buzzing right now. Yeah. To be completely honest with you. Between, I'm like the, a between the karting and the uh, the Monaco qualifying. Yeah, absolutely. It's been a day. It has been a day. But in a good way. In a great way. Good it day is in a great fantastic way. It is a lovely Saturday, Memorial Day weekend. Yeah. We are not down the shore. I'm not down the shore at least. You're I'll be here. tomorrow. You'll be there tomorrow. But not today. No, I'm not yeah. going down. I've had quite quite a few uh Quite a few past weekends, mm. um, which is why I will say welcome back because it's been a minute. It's been a while, yeah. It's been our, a while. Life has been busy. Yeah, um, scheduling conflicts. Yes, exactly. But we are back today. We've had we a are. day full of um, gasoline and petrol-induced euphoria. Well, batteries, but yeah, that's Batteries, true. <laughs> right. We, uh, a few of us got together to do some electric karting uh, earlier, which was grand old time. Oh, I love that. Yeah, it was it was a blast. It's fun. I forget how fast those carts go and stuff. It's like 40, 45 miles an was hour. Was it really? Yeah, it's it didn't not like, feel like that. It's not crazy, crazy fast, but it's fast enough. You know. Yeah, I did. I did feel a breeze. That was yeah. kind of nice. Yeah, you gotta um, slat your uh, your visor down. Yeah, and I I am I am satisfied, and I had a great time. But I am annoyed at how I was last place in both races. Yeah, it's been a minute. Listen, you'll figure it out. I think that like. The same thing happened to me in like autocross. Like I have too much self-preservation that yeah. I don't push hard enough. Full send. You just so, gotta go full send. Well, that's baby. what I have to do next time. I have to not break and just I say like overdrive until I can get myself into a rhythm because yeah, I, exactly. I know where I can go faster. But uh, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm playing the role of James May today, which is okay. That's okay. We all <laughs> need the James May to uh, to the journey. It was really Clarkson's. fun. It was, it was a great so time. much fun. I would go back every weekend. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So it's been a day of, of we were behind the wheel there, and then we just um, literally just finished watching Monaco qualifying, uh, which was, whew, whew, yeah. Like I, I said, I am still, I'm still shaking a little bit. I don't know. How's your heart? Yes, you're. My heart at your, rate went up to about heart rate 105. <laughs> yeah, during that last part of Q3. those last three minutes, it was just wide Dude. open. It was it was Ferrari. It was. Uh, and you know what? I'm not. I cannot be mad at Max for that. I really can't be. Nothing but respect. Of course, because that's one of those moments that we're going to see in 20, 30 years in like a replay of like the guy's best moments. Both of them, fr- frankly, Alonzo and Max. Oh, absolutely. We're gonna, that's, that's one of those moments where it's like, yeah, we're going to mark that for the future. Well, it's like we were just talking before we left karting this morning about um, uh, Senna's 88 Monaco yeah. lap is mm-hmm. regarded as like one of the greatest qualifying laps and stuff. And yes, you know, regardless of what happened in the race, which wasn't... Uh, wasn't the best outcome, but no. yeah, I mean, just from being down two hundredths going into that last sector, and it's really just three turns. And he he bumped he bumped the wall. I he think. bumped the yeah, he said more he than had, once. He said he bumped the wall a little he bit. Was, he, he dragged <laughs> along it, and it was still managed to find almost three hundredths. He kind of did a much turns. a much more mild version of, of that uh, NASCAR wall ride we saw a few months ago. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's much milder though. Rubbing his race and rub, cars, rubbing his pole position there, but um, these cars wouldn't hold on to that. Absolutely incredible. Yeah. yeah, really wild. I mean, we were just we were talking a little bit. I made that comment that um, watching these guys drive around this course is this is an example of one of those races that makes you believe that they are you know oh, yeah. amongst the best in the world and stuff just i mean those onboards when you have that nose cam and it's just it's walls it's walls and they're still doing 130 40 50 i mean there's never any doubt but then you see it 
to and see it from see that it angle fully yeah. today. Oh, and, yeah. and tomorrow we'll see it just constantly for an hour and a half. Yeah, now you got to try and make overtakes amongst yeah. those uh, tight corners as and well. It's why, you know, granted Monaco is probably one of the least exciting races on the calendar, but it's why I still watch because these guys have to do that mm-hmm. for an hour and a half. So yeah, it's, it's fun to watch. One lap and two, and then you got, you know, a 10 minute break in between sessions. Yeah, it's yeah. an hour and 20, mm-hmm. hour and 30 minutes. I, I like Max. But I am pulling for Fernando tomorrow. A hundred and twenty percent. And if there's any, I mean, he says if there's any track that they can do it, you know, this early in the calendar, it's gonna be, it's gonna be Monaco because largely I think you know there's yeah. no none of that space for Red Bull to have such a speed advantage that we've seen yes. through whatever six five or six races so far. So. You're right. This is the one to do it in, and the fact that he is a master at starts. He's one of the best. Ma- he's a master. So, I mean, they said it too. He was like, I'm just pushing like an animal. He wants it. He knows yeah. that this is, I think, their best shot in a minute. It so. is. And it's funny because uh, folks who are hearing this have already probably seen their race. So we could just be saying things that won't happen, but who knows? Very I think true. We're, still, we're caught in the uh, the more euphoric mindset of what could happen after a really cool qualifying Really session. great. So I'm super so. excited for tomorrow. And yes, to your point, by the time this airs, It'll all be ancient history, It'll but over. it's just fun to go back and listen to that giddy enthusiasm in our yeah. voice, the possibilities. Yeah. We'll see. If Max wins by 15 seconds, we can go back and like, oh, remember that one afternoon Look, that was when cute. we had hope? We've seen it before. Oh, we were kids back then, weren't we? Well, what I said to you, too, is, um, well, I mean, obviously Max starting in the front, but if for whatever reason he drops behind, I think unlike other races where... People are like, yeah, you know, my race isn't with Max today mm-hmm. because no matter how long I hold him off, once that Red Bull gets on the straight, I'm toast. Yep. I don't think you're going to see that. No. I think there could be the possibility for some more heavy fighting. Um, but of course, once again, like you said, we'll we'll see what happens tomorrow. Um, yeah, I'm excited. Very excited. And I just, I'm clicking onto the uh, the forecast right now for Monaco just to get a sense of, because it's, it's always changing and always. tomorrow might be clear, but they, they were saying rain. And uh, yeah, they're still saying the light rain for local time around 11 a.m. through 3 p.m., which I think is Race right. start is 3 p.m., yep. In like in Monaco, you mean mm-hmm. at 3 p.m.? Yeah, yeah so it might be, it might start off a little bit wet. We might start off on enters. Which opens up a whole different, you know, route of things to go wrong. So we'll see. Well, it's interesting. Ferrari, <clears throat> stay out, stay out. Nah, it's too late now. You cannot do this. That was um, Kimmy, but same message, I think. Same, same general shenanigans. But no, what's yeah. interesting is even regardless of, you know, whether they're starting on slicks or or inters, if there's enough rain, I mean, that's going to clean the entire track. Mm-hmm. It'll be green stuff. again. Yeah, it'll yep. be completely green and stuff, and it'll take a minute to rubber back in. So who yeah. knows? I mean, that lack of grip in the and the opening stint could be could make it interesting. Yeah. And this, you know, being the holiday weekend, we cannot not talk about the Indy 500. Oh, yes. I'm very excited for that. I uh, Fortunately, I will be down the shore, so I won't be able to catch that live. So no spoilers tomorrow, please. Uh, <laughs> but I will be coming home to watch. Uh, the. So my plan is to watch, like, Monaco in my car in the parking lot down the shore on my phone. Because live. why not? Yeah, because I'm there. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do that, and I'm probably going to end up uh, watching the Indy 500 when I come back from lunch. But... Uh, yeah, we have Alex Pillow on pole. Yep. We have uh, Grosjean, I think, is down 11th or 12th, um, and a lot of cars can win it. I don't know how the aero package for the ovals will work at Indy. It worked really well in Texas a few months ago. Mm-hmm. So we may be on for a good race, but I've heard mixed signals from drivers as far as like how the aero wash works on ovals, or at least on this oval. 
So we'll see. I don't, I'm not quite sure. But yep. uh, either way, we have two awesome races tomorrow. This yes. chair is creaking. Sorry. And I, uh, yeah, I, I am very excited for that. Yeah, it should be a good day of racing. Yeah. And it's a beautiful weekend here in Philly, too. Gorgeous. So got sunshine and 75 degrees. It's just the mood, the mood is upbeat. The mood's I like good. It. Good vibe. I like it. But yeah, let's. Well, so for starters, I just I want to ask. I mean, we've talked uh-huh. about that a little bit, but yeah. anything anything new or interesting to report uh, on your automotive automotive front? I know we've been talking about the prospects <laughs> well, of a new ride. Well, pro- yes, prospects is the key word. It's, yeah. If it does happen, <laughs> it's going to happen about a year from now. That's fair. Because I am eyeing a move uh, from where I am, so I got to have money for that first. Uh, but I think that my next move will be a more off road capable car. Yeah, aiming for like an Outback Wilderness. Or a Forester of the same trim, or that even the new Crosstrek has a wilderness model coming out. So, and for those who don't know, that model has like an inch and a half lift on it, so it's you can clear more obstacles, it's got all-terrain tires, you know, more body cladding for going over rocks and shit. So yeah, whole nine um, yards. Yeah, it's a Subaru, and you know they have a great little program there if you're a, a recurrent Subaru buyer. So if you have that, then you're good. And uh, that's kind of the vibe I'm going for. I want to nice. like not spend a ton because I want to have some money put aside for a project car, not right away after that, but then like like a year after I buy that car. Race car. Yes. Race equipped or or at least a track friendly Some, cheap sports car. Something Miata. sporty. Yeah. Yeah, it's cliche, but it's cliche for a reason. It's a great little car. So Parts we'll see. are cheap. Parts are very cheap, a great community for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're I mean set of brakes, suspension, you know, maybe a couple like a roll cage and you're kind of good to go. Yes. Not for not for spec, but you can certainly take it out and go on the tracks. So. Yeah, you can you can take it out for DE and stuff and yeah. do some, you know, casual track days and you don't need a a ton to have that car competitive and yeah. quick and fun. So that's the plan. I'm going to get something that's like more off-roady, road trippy, camping friendly and then get a project car. But best of both worlds. Talking about project cars, you sent me a photo today of Etna. Yes. Yeah. Yes, I um, it's going well. I'm actually I'm I'm gonna keep that under wraps for the moment being, and uh, yeah, we'll we'll talk about it. On the I'll next say no episode. more. Yeah, we'll take it. We'll talk about that on the next episode. Cool and stuff. Good stuff. Good stuff is happening. Um, we'll certainly have to do possibly a, a whole a whole, a whole yeah. episode on on that one on that yeah. story and stuff. I'd love I'd love to kind of explain the whole the whole saga behind it and stuff and the uh, whatever yeah. the next chapter is but we'll get there i mean my idea is for like a, a future episode is a talking about the car that got us into cars or more into cars yeah safe to say the 911 is yours or some kind of porsche is you'd be surprised actually okay all right well uh, the line the 911 is a is a staple but mm-hmm. it is not the car when you were younger not the car i don't yeah We'll talk more about that in the future. Well, I have to think about that one. That's a really I mean, good one. It's I've got mine. Be, it's one of today's it, bring a trailer picks, but oh, I think I have an idea of what it might be. Yeah, then. you do. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it's well, so both your picks are quite excellent. Yeah. Um, so neither neither is a bad choice, but no, I gotta think about that one. It's honestly probably something with a prancing horse, to be honest. You know, you know my past. Oh, yeah, uh, for sure. As a Ferrari, you know, Ferrari nerd growing up, the oh, dark yeah. days. No, I'm just kidding. Dark, dark days. days. <laughs> The uh, the red days, the red so to days. Speak. But yeah, exactly, you know, there were many games growing up. There were many games that you and I played. Where we can drive in a way our dream cars. Yes, and we can learn topic. a lot about cars we didn't oh, know yeah. even existed. Right, which is what we're here to talk about today, and mm-hmm. that idea of growing up and driving virtually, learning yes. learning Learn how to, to drive. drive virtually. Not yes. that I I seriously contribute my driving skills or lack thereof to 
uh, growing up playing racing games. But there are some interesting things that I think you do learn. And mm -hmm. aside from driving aspect, there there's a number of games that have stuck with me that have taught me a lot about interesting cars and, yep. and tuning companies and just various things about the car industry that I learned. Well, uh, I think that virtually. we both share one game series in that respect. Grand fucking Turismo, yes, baby. Yes, sir. Thank you, Kaz, Lord Kaz, for all yes. your wonderful games. Yeah, it's funny. I didn't, um, I did not have an N64 growing up. All my friends had N64s. I got into gaming systems a little bit later because my parents were like, you know, we don't want you to burn out your eyesight so young. So Which never happened, but yeah. never happened. <laughs> I mean, and you know what's funny? It's back anyone. the amount of time we spent back then compared to what we do these days with between phones, iPads, and everything in between. I mean, it was it was nothing back then, but um. I never had, yeah, I, the first game system I had was a Dreamcast, if anyone remembers nice. those. Wow, yeah. Yeah, they, they came and went real quick, but there were some really solid games. But then, yep. yeah, I got into PS2, and I remember getting the Gran Turismo 3 uh, A-Spec bundle mm -hmm. and yep. stuff, and that was just, that was down the road. Oh, like the, the PS2 and the Gran Turismo, like, in the, in the same box. It was box. the package, yeah. It got was, the same one. It was red, wasn't it? It was red. Yeah. Yep, exactly. That's, we both got that. That's, it was that's the, the, bun, the quote-unquote bundle that they had back then. Yeah. Stuff. yeah. Did they still make those? Yeah. Oh, yeah. absolutely. So that's cool. I didn't know that we both got the same exact version of the PS2. That was it. It makes a ton of sense now. Yeah, total sense. <laughs> knowing knowing both of us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, that that totally it. tracks. Yeah, absolutely. Um, speaking of tracks and stuff, that's another thing that, that I found to be really cool mm -hmm. um, in these games is learning about all these really famous circuits around the world that, you know, obviously I grew up watching, we've talked about this many times, I grew up watching, you know, Formula One and Endurance and stuff, but mm -hmm. there's so many other tracks out there um, that I learned about through gaming as well that, you know, have held a very soft spot in my heart, both real and, um, and imagined. imagined. Yeah, I uh, I think I, well, I know that I, I circled back, what am I saying? I think, geez, words are hard today. I <laughs> began playing uh, Gran Turismo in Arizona when I was there for a week. Oh, we were okay. at my, my godfather's house in Scottsdale, and uh, his son, who wasn't home, had a PlayStation 1, and he had a Gran Turismo 2. And I just picked it up. And, and of course, I had jet lag, so I was up at like 5 a.m. Everyone else was asleep, so I just booted up the, the PS1, put in the Gran Turismo disc, and I drove the one of the Nissan Silvias, which mm -hmm. was a very popular like first pick car because it was cheap. Yep. And I recall, you know, I had played many driving games up to that point on Sega Genesis, and I believe maybe N64 at that point. I can't recall, but... There wasn't a ton on N64, if I remember, like, like, true driving... Well, there were, yeah. but, I mean, the point I was getting to is, like, Gran Turismo, like, it felt so much more real yep. than those games. I mean, the cars... At the time, I didn't have, like, a rumble pack on the controllers. There was no, like, there's no force feedback in it, but... The way the cars moved on screen and controlled, I was like, wow, this feels... I mean, of course, I was a kid. I didn't know how cars actually drove. Right. But to me, it felt real. And turns out, of course, in the spectrum of video games from arcade to full-on hardcore sim, it's more on the side of hardcore sim. The real driving simulators they used to build themselves. Right. Yep. Well, they still do. They still do, yeah. yeah. So that's that was my first intro to it. And much like you, yeah, it was like... All these, like, you know, tracks that were in real life, like, we had, like, what, uh, Laguna Seca was in Gran Turismo 2, one of the first video games to have that track, which we'll be at in, like, three or four months. Yeah. Which is, I'm very excited. Uh, but, um, yeah, just learning about Rally and, like, how to, like, 
make a cargo really fast for 400 meters, then stop it on time. Like uh-huh. it was all like, here's how you drive. So the license test, I think I spent a couple, two or three hours on in one morning in Arizona. Yeah, well, yeah. And the rest is history. Yeah, absolutely. And so for me, it was um, the first one was Gran Turismo 3 when I got PS2. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, even before that, Dreamcast, the thing about Dreamcast, it was, it was an awesome system, really good graphics. Its downfall was the game library or lack thereof. There wasn't a ton out there for it. So, I mean, two games I remember that I had. Um, there was a cart game, speaking of, you know, oh. what, we, what we just talked about last I episode. There was a cart game, which was really awesome because um, at the time I was really into cart. Flag to flag? Is that it? Uh, I think it was flag to flag. Yeah. <laughs> I just looked it up. Um, and it was, it was neat cause it was, you know, all the tracks that I watch on TV. That was my first experience of like, you know, watching the tracks on TV and oh, then wow. being able to go back and they have all the tracks, all of them Cleveland airport, baby, Toronto, yeah. mid Ohio. Yeah, absolutely. Drive mid Ohio is really cool. Mm. Um, what that is on, you know, everyone has their bucket list of racetracks to drive both the, you know, the reaches and the realistic realistic for me, mid Ohio. I would love to hit one day. Nice. Always one of my favorite tracks. Um, and then they also had, wasn't the most diverse game, but they had Ferrari 355 Challenge Racing, mm, um, right? Which yeah. is interesting because one of the challenge tracks that they visited back then was um, Moroso Motorsports Park, which evolved into Palm Beach International Raceway. Yeah, okay, uh, and really not much else raced there, to be honest with you. It was not a staple of any um, major racetrack, but I did get to go to that track when I was mm, younger. Right. Um, every year they held, and they still do. They hold um, what is essentially the world, not the world, but probably the U.S. U.S.'s premier um, Ferrari concourse uh, in Palm Beach. And part of it that Friday, I think, is a track day and stuff. We got oh. to go, go to track day. There's a whole other story behind that. But it was cool getting to go to that racetrack in person, racing on the game and stuff. So, nice. That's yeah, awesome. that was that was my kind of entry into things. And then I remember I ended up selling the Dreamcast to get a PS2 and ah, Gran Turismo 3. Good move in the long run. Great move in the long run. <laughs> I remember like I I didn't really know a ton about, you know, GT1 and GT2. Mm-hmm. Um, but I remember there was a big deal leading up to 3 coming out. That was kind of when oh, I started yeah. to dip into that yeah. world. Yeah. And I just remember there was a lot of excitement building about that game. And I was like... Mom, Dad, I have to have this as the car. You know, as we the had car similar nerd. conversations with my parents. Yeah, I was like, "We'll, see, you know, we'll put the Dreamcast up on Craigslist." I don't even know Craigslist. Probably not back, back then. then. No, <laughs> whatever. I remember it's probably a GameStop trading for like twenty I, bucks. Something you know? like that. Yeah, I didn't get a ton. Um, there's times where I think about buying a Dreamcast system just for. They're not that expensive. No, no, that you can get them. You know, just for shits and giggles. Yeah. But um. Yeah, I remember just that build up, and I was like, "This is what I have to. I have to have this game because it was so mm-hmm. beyond anything I had at the time." Yeah, and it was like, you know, there's three or four hundred cars and a hundred tracks, and I was like, "Yeah." I recall me. downloading a video off of like Kazaa or LimeWire. Yeah, <laughs> and it was an Acura RSX, my first car. Um, on I think it was like one of like the test courses. And I was like, "This looks real." Yeah, like this looks yeah. for the time, it looked incredible. Um. Yeah, so that was my intro. And I think we had similar intros to Gran Turismo 3. Oh, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Sure. It was that cornerstone um, of the automotive gaming world, I think, mm-hmm. at that time. I mean, it st- really is still leading the way. There's a lot of really good games out there nowadays. I know Forza's kind of yeah. stepped in. And then, of course, there's iRacing, which is a different... We'll touch on that briefly. Yeah, I was saying we can touch on that briefly, but that's like a different uh, caliber altogether. And so that's really true, like, simulator training, but... Yeah, I mean, GT3 was it. I mean, I 
I still have all my PS2 games, and I actually um, borrowed, quote-unquote, my wife's PS2 from her parents' house a few years back, so I have that still set up. Um, but I also had, there was the official WRC game, which was also really cool. I was watching yep. WRC at the time, mm-hmm. and that was that was pretty neat. There's a really interesting game. I don't know if you remember how this. You ever played Pro Race Driver? Yeah. Totally. It had like, kind of like a whole storyline to it. Oh, which that, interesting. No. no, no. It no. was, uh, yeah, so it had this whole storyline as you kind of come up through the ranks, and it was based in, you started basically based in England, and you could go to like an Australian touring car kind of series. You could do huh. more GT cars. You could do, I think, rally on there. It was kind of cool. It was less like simulator and it was more storyline based. Was it part of the Toka race driver series? I think so. Because I, I had one of those. Yeah. And it was like mostly just touring cars. Yeah. I think it, I think it was one of those. Yeah. Um, I still have, that was a fun, I remember I had the first F1 game. Like I was F1 2001. Okay. And so, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and so that was EA, wasn't it back then? Yeah, it was always yeah. yeah. This was still back. back well, in the and then EA they series. went to Codemasters, and then they bought Codemasters, so it kind of went full circle. Oh, that's right there. I forgot they did go to Codemasters and kind yeah. of the the later, I guess, two thousands, early twenty tens, and then circled back around yeah, to they, EA. Yeah, so that was yeah. still an, it was an EA back when EA was like you know pretty kind of chill. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, definitely different days. Um, I, you had mentioned these older games, and just my memory is going wild. I had Viper Racing. Do you remember this game? I do. It's only, it was only Dodge Vipers. Yes. And that also was a game that felt real because there was one camera view that would only... Sh- it was like for, like a first-person kind of view, but it showed the suspension, like the front suspension and the wheels. That was it. Oh, interesting. So you could see like, like the bump and rebound and the, and, the, and the spring compression. And that was like one of the leading sims for its day, and it was very low-key. It didn't really sell super well, mm-hmm. and you can get it online because people could just post it for free, like on the archive or something. Of course, you have to have like Windows XP to run it. Right. But, um, you know, it's that's another one that's like, that for its time, was like super realistic. Yep. And uh, I'm not sure the world was quite ready for it, but uh, yeah, a lot, a lot of old games, man. A lot of, yeah. I mean, so... One part I want to touch on, um, uh-huh. GT3, and then we'll, you know, GT3 and subsequently GT4, which, you know, I saw Oh, I have, I have some GT3 points still, too, so... Oh, yeah, 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 no, definitely, the GT3 and then the, you know, I sold my PS2 to get a PS3 and GT4 as the natural progression goes, but what was really cool... GT4 was PS2. Was it on PS2? I GT5 on... was PS3. It may have been back... It may have been, like, the early PS3s could play PS2 games. Maybe that was... So that could have been it. Before I, was definitely PS2. I, I remember getting it and getting a P and getting a three. I think I was playing it on three. Huh, interesting. And then I got I, I you know I three and then um, did you have like the real fat big big PS3? I did. I did. I had the yeah. early gen. Yeah, I never that had could play one. PS2 games. That must so, have been it. Yeah. So it was that. Um, and I always got five after that. Yeah. But um, one thing that was really interesting about GT3, and I'd love to hear your take on it, was uh-huh. going to that, that idea of education, <laughs> as weird as it is. But there were so many right. cars on that game, yeah. especially JDM, that oh, I yeah. had no idea about and really and learned about through that game. Um, I mean, specifically, I can remember learning about like the J, learning all about JGTC, mm-hmm. um, yep. which, of course, introduced you to some of those incredibly famous um liveries that we got the tom supra yep. and the penzoil and calsonic loctite skylines the loctite yep. um i remember learning about i was like wait subaru does road racing and learning about the cusco um the cusco subies back then i yep. was like i remember seeing those things i was like wow 
those are so never knew that cool. Yep. But there were so many, um, so many cars that I learned about through that game. Yeah. I think a lot of people point to the success of the first US Gen WRX as being like as like that game actually is what helped it sell so well. That timing was perfect too. That, yeah. That hit the states um, late two thousand and one as a two thousand and two model. Yeah. Yep. So that was like right around that time frame. Yeah. And they say it sold so well because of these GT games. Yeah, because I mean everyone learned about it through that. Learned about that and and STI. Yep. Through that I game. Yeah, absolutely. Same here. I mean, I learned about the 22B through that game. And I learned Subarus to me from then, they just were kind of like very pedestrian cars. Yeah. But then GT came along and I was playing these awesome, hardcore, you know, road rally cars. And I was like, oh, I kind of want these. And sure enough, everyone else did. It was that plus. That, those were kind of like the late 90s, or specifically the early 2000s was almost like golden era of, where, of WRC as well. Yeah. When they were really competitive. So that, uh, that just put all the pieces together. Yeah. It was awesome. Yeah. Um. I was, it's funny you mentioned like tuning because I actually, that was, a GT3 was around the time that I first saw Fast and the Furious. And for a good nine to 10 months, I was, I, I loved all the ricey cars. I was yeah. like the wings and, you know, the big mufflers. And then I began to learn about what makes a car actually fast mm-hmm. and not just, not just stickers. Um, and then a big part of that was playing Gran Turismo. I'm like, well, oh, let me change the gear ratios. Let me change the alignment and the suspension. Let me change the, the tire pressure. Uh, I didn't go like super in depth, but I learned like what made a car handle, mm-hmm. kind of. And you know, for GT three and four, you know, I would uh, initially I would build like a thousand horsepower Supra, and then I would just sort of pinball off the walls yeah. on the circuit because you know it's it's just so much power. Yep. And so I learned tuning through that, but also I learned how to control a car. You know, like I, I just like slowed down and I realized, that, hey, it's more fun to actually have the car do a good lap time than just go real fast in a straight line to bounce off the walls. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It, it, and look, by no means does, you know, are we saying playing these games makes us qualified to be actual mechanics? Not but what was cool is those, because specifically GT3 and the fact that it was, you know, focused on simulation versus arcade is you you started to kind of get that sense of how adjusting different parameters affected the car, at least, you know, virtually, but seeing like, okay, you know, if I change my spring rate and you start to play with like your toe and all that stuff, how it, yep. at least you could see like, okay, if I do this, you I, know, if, if, I adjust, y. if I adjust X, Y is going to happen. So mm-hmm. it started to teach you at least like at the high level concepts yep. and stuff, which was kind of interesting too. Um, oh, you know, I just still have another one. I, I got to just say it. Um, so obviously with GT three and subsequently four, and I don't know, I think five, two licensing was interesting mm. because you remember there was one particular make, which they did not have the licensing for. And that, oh, of course, I wonder what that is. Uh, yes. Of course, a favorite, they did not have licensing for Porsche. I'm looking at one right now, I think on the, yeah. on the shelf. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But they had these weird Porsche like cars. Porsche like yes, Porsche a, analogs called roofs. No roofs, roofs. Yes, R U F. And I remember being like, "Well, what is that?" Yeah. That's where I learned about the Yellowbird mm-hmm. through Ditto. that game. And then Ditto. you know, once um, YouTube actually came along and having access to the the Rosser um, Nurburgring video, mm-hmm. that was also like a you know crowning jewel moment of my life. But it's interesting learning about you Same know video. 
learning about that that particular tuning house through there and stuff was really interesting. And I was like, well, it's, it's a 911, but it's not badged as a 911. Why yeah. isn't it badged? It, it looks, looks like a 911. It looks a bit different, though, in certain ways. It looks a tad different. Body that, kit and the yeah, wheels. it's kind of sends you down the um, down the rabbit hole a little bit. But that was, yeah, that was really interesting. It's funny you mentioned Porsche because EA had the license for Porsche. Like, only they can make a game with Porsche in it for a long time. Very long time, yeah. And they made Need for Speed Porsche Unleashed. Mm-hmm. It's also a game that I enjoy. I mean, I, I went all the way through three, Hot Pursuit and on High Stakes, and then they had the Porsche game. And that one was really fun because that taught me a lot about Porsche. Like, I didn't know that much about it. And then I, I, I became a big 914 fan. I still am. 914s, yeah. Yeah, they're, yeah. they're just cool. And I, I like driving that car. Little teeners. On like the snowy circuit in that game or something. I, I forget. But the yeah. car's probably really ba- really well balanced because it's mid engine yeah. like that. So there you go. I mean, it's uh, all, all these games like come back to us like in the moment we're talking about it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's funny. Um, Gran Turismo 4 specifically, I'm going to highlight a car there for a second that we have talked about in the past. And that was a Jaguar XJ 13. Ah, yes. Remember, my, my absolute right. favorite of all time. Um, that was once again, the first place that I'd ever heard of that thing because you know, it was shelved before competition, but uh, there it was in this game. And I was like, Whoa, <laughs> this is cool. It's so yeah. pretty. And it drove really, really well too. Mm, I don't recall driving that one. Yeah. That one, it, it handled surprise. I don't know why it just stuck out to me. It looked good and it drove even better, but, um, huh. There's a lot to be learned through the Gran Turismo world. Wasn't there like a a Ford Model A in that game too? And in not, four, not that I in four. There was definitely like a very old car in Gran Turismo four. I think I spent. Oh, you know what? I probably spent probably equal time between three and four. I didn't mm. spend as much time on five, but Ford maybe, Model T Tour. That's what it was. How they didn't include that. It was interesting. And you know what's great about that series is you have a car like that in there. It yeah. wasn't just all about the fast cars. Right. It didn't it make a cars. ton of sense to drive. It was very slow, but it was still cool to say, hey, I, I took a Ford Model T on, on the test track in Gran Turismo. Right. And it's like they used to have, uh, remember they had like the, the make specific races? Yeah. And mm-hmm. stuff. And you could do like the, I don't know, you can drive some of those like mini mini Japanese cars. Um, the K cars, yeah. The little K cars and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they had, like the K car cup and yep. stuff. And it's like, yeah. <laughs> you're, you're all whipping around at, you know, 60, 70 miles an hour. With I, I, six of these K cars. I will always have a soft spot. I mean, I like all of them. I've, I've, I think I've owned all the, 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 the you know, those games. I think that like, I have a real soft spot for Gran Turismo 3 and 4. Yes. Because that was like same. right in the formative years. Yes, and they, absolutely. In my take, they are the best because they just have, you know, the most balance. Or they have a lot of cars, a lot of tracks. but They're very in-depth. Yeah. And I don't know if you remember on 4. I remember this specifically on 4, a little bit on 3. But on 4, they had those endurance races that actually lasted 24 hours yep. and you could do the autopilot mm-hmm. feature and stuff. And I remember the B-spec, right? I, it was a B-spec. Yeah. Yep. And you could, um, you could do that B-spec, which is basically, you know, you play you manager. Dictate, right? yeah, yeah. You dictate. And, um, what I used to do when I needed cash is I would boot up my PS, you know, to uh, PS three at the time. And, um, I, I owned the Toyota, shoot, which was it? It was the Minolta liveried. It was like their GTP car at the time. I forgot what it was exactly, but it was really, really fast. And I had it tuned and maxed out and stuff. And I would put that into the endurance races and put it on B-Spec 
and just leave my PS3 on for like 24 hours straight and just <laughs> let it do the race. And this thing would just run circles around those cars. Oh and yeah, stuff. that um, was the the uh, Toyota 88 CV. Yes, yeah, there it this is. One. Yep. Yep. Bingo. Yep. It's yeah. coming right. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> but um, yeah, it was that. And then uh, another car which um I have some notes on for for a future episode. But the Chaparral 2J. Oh, okay. All right. Little fan car. I Remember that thing? Ahead. Yes, I do. Yes. yes. Very. Yes. Very I'll, I'll talk. I'm, I get excited about that car because it's so weird, but it's so fucking cool. It is um, worthy of at least an episode. Yeah. Because it's yeah. Just, and that was in several Grand Turismo's after that one too. Yeah. It was in the bunch. And then, of course, I'm not sure if you recall, but there was the Suzuki Escudo, Pike's Peak. You read my mind. I was just going. <laughs> and then we know the hack that comes along oh, with the Escudo. Oh, yeah. Where you could. 500 miles an hour. <laughs> yeah, on the yeah. test track. And I forgot what it was. I'd have to. I want to look back and curious and see what those settings were. Because at the time, it was like. It was gear ratios and arrow, I think. Gear ratios and arrow. And you could. And a yes. bunch of power. So you, so for the, the uninitiated, you could buy this um, the Suzuki Escudo Pike's Which Peak. Was Right, only a race car, I think. There may have been a street model Scudo, but this is like a hardcore race car. Right, and it was designed just for Pikes Peak, and you could tune it to, I don't know, like some crazy number, way past 1,000 horsepower. Oh, yeah. And you could set the arrow and the gearing for it. So when you did the the test track, which was obviously really the huge, super long straights, Mm -hmm. you get it to, I forget, you get it up to a certain speed, and it would basically do a wheelie. It would kick back. And suddenly, I mean, you couldn't control the car, but the speed would just increase to like three, four, five. I mean, six hundred miles an hour. Talk of like wall rides. That's what yeah, you had to do, what, and that's what you did. You just you literally didn't hit the uh, the joystick at no. all, and you just kept your finger on X, and the thing would just and let it just go ride around and stuff. <laughs> but yeah, it would just tip back oh, and go like man. it was almost like NOS. You just hit the NOS button, the digital NOS button, and the thing would just go. Whoop. I mean, if y'all out there want to see it, just go to YouTube and type in like you know Suzuki Escudo. Uh, Gran Turismo 3, and yeah. then there'll be dozens of videos on it. There was absolutely no point to that car. No, but it was great. It was uh, hilarious. There's, right, there's no point to doing that mod, because, I mean, it would, the car just became un, undrivable. undrivable, but it was just, it was wild. Yeah. It was so much fun. Yeah, it was great times, and that's why I still, at this day, I don't, I don't play it a ton, but I have a PS2, because yeah. sometimes I just have a hankering to go back and play Scudo? Gran Turismo 3 or 4. Well, it's funny. I've been using it um, a little more recently. You know, whenever my nieces and nephew, I have, um, I have a lot of nieces and nephews. Mm-hmm. Um, about eight of them total, um, of various ages. But like, there, a few of them are kind of in this um, five to to seven age range and stuff. So like, they enjoy you know playing video games. They're so used to handheld everything these yep. days. Mm-hmm. They have an actual wired controller. Is yep you know, before their time, but I'll boot up like Tony Hawk and stuff and we'll play those games or, you know, um, or Gran Turismo and stuff. And they just, they have fun crashing into walls and stuff, but it's a great excuse to put, to oh, for sure. put it on and, you know, be that uncle that just whips their ass around looking the sink <laughs> as they're hitting walls. I'm like finishing lap, you know, yep. seven already in my head. And I'm like, Oh, you know, I'll, I'll choose the slower car. You guys get the faster cars and they're like, <laughs> we're going to beat you. And I'm like, Little do you know. Yeah. About to fuck your day up. Enjoy it while it lasts, though. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> wait wait until my son starts getting into it and oh stuff. God. He's going to... He's going to destroy us. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and it's funny. I mean, speak, speaking of controllers, um, I'm really excited because I did today. I just bought Tim's old um, wheel and pedal setup. That's right. So I'm going to attempt to... That's right. 
to get more into that sim world a little bit and stuff. I'll try build my own build my own sim rig and stuff. But I mean, just think for Harley, for my son. Oh yeah, coming up, I'm gonna mm-hmm. put him in the simulator as soon as he can. Uh, I mean, you should work the pedals and then he steers. Yeah, I'll just put him on my lap and let him do that, and then eventually yeah. maybe I'll just like put some bricks on those pedals yeah. just if he can't some broomsticks. Can't read some you know? broomsticks. Yeah, yeah, just let him. We'll see. I mean, he's he's that, gonna be three. It's just about time to get into carts. So yeah, and he oh for sure <laughs> yeah. If they have like. I think that cart place has like a super little kid sort of thing. So. They have a junior, but gotta be forty-eight inches and stuff. And okay, he's, a little while. He's got a little bit, but uh, if we get him on the wheel now, to some extent. Oh yeah, absolutely. He'll be good. <laughs> but uh, yeah. are, we, are are we covering eye racing today, or should, or should we say we can talk about eye racing for a few? It's interesting. briefly. It, yeah, let's talk. About it. I, I'd like to hear your take on it. It's an area of which I'm not super familiar with. Yeah. Um, I don't have a gaming PC and stuff, mm-hmm. but I know about, you know, I know that it's a little bit more skewed towards um, the serious racer. I was just texting with our, with Adam, who's our buddy Adam, and he's like, yeah, you know, it gets a, it's very, he described it as kind of sensitive, and it's it's definitely a little bit more of a learning curve than picking up your yeah. average run-of-the-mill gaming system. Well, like, my, my pivot here was talking about Gran Turismo Sport, you know, which came out in 20-whenever. It was like a PS4 title. Yep. And uh, it was primarily online, but I didn't really play online. But then the AI was really slow. So our mutual friend, Jeremy, was like, hey, you know, we both have a wheel. Do you want to race online? So I raced with him. And that sort of switched to racing with, you know, like other people around the world, which mm-hmm. was way better than AI because it's, it's actual people all playing the same game. So my sim racing career kind of kicked up, well, career, just my hobby, I should say, <laughs> kind of kicked off with doing Gran Turismo Sport, and I was decent at it. Like, I was getting some podiums, some wins here and there. And uh, that transitioned to Assetto Corsa Competizione. Uh, I'm calling, I'm saying ACC from now on. It's a ridiculous That's fair title. enough. Well, it's, it's not ridiculous, but it's a, lot, it's a lot to say. So ACC and iRacing. And both of them are, like, you know, very intense with, like, you know, the, the rules that they have blue flags and they have a whole penalty system. And iRacing of the two, I think, is much more like, you know, there's a rule book for it. You have to read a rule book before you drive an iRacing, which is good because, like, it's meant to be and, frankly, is sort of the gold standard of, like, hardcore sim racing. I'm not super good at either one right, right. now. And, you know, my hobbies are always sort of changing and... At the moment, sim racing isn't super high, but it is fun on the weekends to sort of boot it up and either play Gran Turismo 7 now, which we're up to, which getting old, um, and play online there uh, in the sport mode or play in ACC or iRacing. Yep. So, it, you know, it went from playing a realistic-looking PS1 game uh, in 1997 or 8 in Arizona for me, all the way up to now where I have a whole... It's not like a whole sim rig, but it's like a seat and, you know, the pedals and the wheel and the... Uh, super high force feedback wheel and all that, so it's uh, it's sort of sucked me in over the years. Um, we can get more in, into sim racing in the future, but that's sort of how it went for me and how it's going to go for you now because you have the wheel. So. Yeah, I'm going down the rabbit hole. I mean, I was saying our, our buddy Adam, um, I know, is also pretty into it, so he wanted to jump on at some point, I think, and, and talk sim racing and stuff. I'd love to have yeah. him on talk about his experience because he's he's interesting in that he does both kind of the sim racing and he does you know track days and so yeah. he's got a 996 turbo so he kind of balances you know balances he a little does. Bit of both of both it, worlds it really balances showed the best of both worlds it really showed for me today how i need some more real life experience because i was not super quick at the car track but it uh it was still a lot of fun yeah it's, um, but there is i think there was a clear divide between 
Adam and myself, and then yeah. like you and Alex and stuff. Yeah. So we, the four was, it was myself, it was Tim, our buddy Adam, who he, I know him through the Porsche world, and then my brother-in-law Alex, who um, who is I guess gotten into who got I got him into F1 probably over the last few years and stuff, yeah. and he's gotten a little bit more into like the motorsports world. Not you know not a car guy, born and bred, but so we all did electric karting this morning. You yeah. can kind of see like. There's definitely a, a, a hierarchy of, mm-hmm. you know... For now. For now, yeah, like absolutely. more practicing. There was one part where um, both Adam and I came up on uh, on Alex and stuff. We were going through one turn, and, and Adam got around me. Well, it goes to the outside of Alex, and I went down the inside. Like, I see Alex just, like, turn around and be like, where the fuck did you guys come from? <laughs> we both managed to get around him. We kind of did a little bit of... Uh, that uh oh my god who was that there was spa like 90 something where i think Mika, oh, the hockenden the hockenden yeah move? we kind of pulled the hockenden <laughs> where like you know someone went to the ass i went to, i went down the inside and got around both of them it was stuff. the same exact thing yeah it was great <laughs> i'm pretty much mika hockenden oh go yeah kart, yeah you know, totally it's and you're very smooth. modest and finished so it totally makes sense yeah i finished third both times and no stuff. finish oh yes yes <laughs> very very you're, you're from finland i am obviously very even keeled <laughs> nice totally okay it's it fine. Is. <laughs> but no, I gotta go back for that and stuff. Yeah, more I practice. Have to see so. More practice. But uh, are we gonna bring a trailer? Let's let's talk about bringing a trailer for let's a second. Do it. There's some wild stuff. This is um, one of yours. As oh, <laughs> this I had to pull up. So we're looking at a 1989 Dodge Ram Charger. Four by four. Such a just brutally manly name. It's a Ram Charger. It's not just a Ram, and it's not just a Charger. It it's is a, Ram. a fucking Ram Charger. Look at the graphics on that thing. It's white and it's got these blue, beautifully '80s stripes on it. It's lifted. In case um, you forgot, it's a Dodge. It says Dodge in huge letters six in the door. times on it, and it's got the badge that says Ram Charger on it. And I've honestly never heard of a, I've never heard of a Ram Charger. I know about Rams. I know about Chargers. Yep. I did not know at some point in the history of Dodge they merged them to create one uber truck <laughs> uh and so it's a 318 cubic inch v8 two barrel carburetors yep. um very appropriate but it's just to me what what this thing exemplifies is a very specific time in the truck world yeah um where they were loud it was it was all about liveries um chrome bumpers yeah just absolutely absolutely badass yeah. um i love it i love it i think it's it's obnoxious um and so, anyways, I next thing we're going to talk about is um, a Duramax-powered AM General Hummer. Oh, so there I you remember go. the yeah. Very nice. Oh, okay. With wheels, with Not, really big wheels. No, those are dubs. No, they're dubs. They <laughs> are dubs. <laughs> and um, speaking once again, speaking of a very specific time in the truck world. Yep. Or at least you, this is two thousand. This was. The this it car it. of the yeah. time. This test, drive, what, test drive off-road. Test drive off-road, Talking yes. Talking old games. Absolutely. Used to rip these things. But also remember, too, in the celebrity world, like, mm. this was what everyone was Like, all, you know, football players oh, yeah. at the time, they totally. were driving these suckers with these kind of wheels, with these friggin' dubs on them. The governator had them. The governor, exactly. And, I mean, this thing's like gunmetal gray with yeah. matching giant-ass wheels on it. And uh, First thing you gotta do is take those dang dubs off. 24 inches. 24-inch wheels. can't They're help for big. off-roading. No, definitely not. But just um, another... So cool, kind of, though. Yeah, it's, it, they're so cool. And listen, like, they're pieces of crap from everything that I've heard. <laughs> yeah, not super reliable. Um, but, you know, if you were buying this, I don't think... Um, I don't think that... 
that you were worried about reliability. You yeah. is more, definitely a little bit more of a status symbol. Yep. Um, but just it's obnoxious. That's the best way I can it describe it. It matches the house behind it. It does match the house. <laughs> it's <laughs> camouflaged. <laughs> it's camo. I mean, the interior on this thing has been redone, though. Yeah, um, I like the turtle shell. Nice. Or, yeah, yeah, but just uh, if you if you wanted Yikes. to be seen around 2000, this is what you were rolling around in. It's impossible not to see it. Right. Absolutely. Size of a, the house behind it. Same size. Yeah, pretty much. Sweet. I like it. Couple trucks. I like it. Couple trucks. Yeah, not not normally my my forte, but it was just it was truck week for me. I was yeah. feeling it. All right. Oh boy. Okay. Switching I, over to what you got here. I, I have a note. Shocker. I have a note here that says uh Geek out about the uh, super effects, but don't go too in depth. Yeah, you're gonna go uh, way down the rabbit hole. Oh, I, I, know I can, you. I can. I know. This is a modified 1997 uh, Toyota Super Turbo 15th anniversary six-speed manual, and it is modded very tastefully. It's got uh, some decent wheels. First thing I notice on it is yeah. it is not overdone. It's got a big front mount intercooler on there, a real big muffler, which if any car can have a big muffler, it's gonna be the Supra. Um, so let me just pull my notes here. Yes. Oh, yeah. So, That's uh, a grapefruit shooter if I've ever seen one. <laughs> to give you an, an idea of how much I, uh, knew and know about these cars back in high school up to now is that's actually, that has a 1998 Supra steering wheel. Interesting. But it has the, um, anniversary badges on the fender. So it is mm-hmm. a 97. Uh, so in, so they had the three spoke wheel for 98 only. So that just gives you a hint about, you know, how much time I spent when I was a kid, just on the internet, looking at this car and really wanting it. Um, and it really speaks to the buying power of this thing because it's modified, which for one thing naturally will bring the value down because it's modified. Uh, but also, it says true mileage unknown. Uh, and so that's, you know, it's kind of, it's a bit of a red flag because who knows? It also was converted from automatic to manual. So oh, yep. a lot of work done to it. And it's still sold for $131,000. Uh, which I don't, as much as I love this car, I, well, if I had the money, I'd probably buy it, but I don't. So, I mean, that's, that's just as par for the course for Supras these days. Yeah. It, which unfortunately. is pretty wild. Yeah, um, even pretty to your point, you know, a TMU upgraded, modified example, you know, not a factory garage yeah. queen is still a six figure car. Yeah. And I, I may have said, I said on this podcast before that I was trying to convince my parents to buy a 1994 hardtop Super Turbo for Oof. at the time was like a thirty-five thousand dollars back in 2007, and I, you know, I, I said like, forget what it means to me as a car. It's an investment, and a hundred percent, I was right. But but no one knew at the time. Oh well, well some people knew. Some people had. An I inkling. knew, and my parents were like, no, I mean, which is totally fair because I was like what 19 years old, so <laughs> totally fair in that Same case. Same crap but, we've you've seen kind of across the whole classic car. I mean, we've seen yeah. Porsches. We've talked about that, but. A lot of the whole classic car market is people have, you know, wax nostalgia and, and say, you know, I want to own so and so from back in the day, my childhood and stuff. The market has just gone there you go. Yep. crazy. And also with the rise of Bring a Trailer, which is why we love doing this segment every week. Is for sure. You'll see crazy stuff go for even crazier prices. Oh, yeah. That's it's, nuts. It's, it's, uh, it's on markup. And so this will become my the one car that got me further into cars yeah. in a future episode. Oh, I like that. I yeah, love it. For sure. Stuff. I mean, it's such a. Such a great history, both it. stateside and cast iron and, and block, and just yeah. yeah, one of the cr- premier, um, most uh, wide open, probably um, bases for modification and stuff is that motor. 
they can handle 900 horsepower on the on a stock bottom end. Wow. Yeah. I, I mean, it was that much for yeah. a time. So that they couldn't do it forever. But right. The fact that they could do that. Yeah, and you're probably depending on how you're driving that car. You know, if you're dropping the clutch and oh, doing, I'm just doing, doing full launch burnouts yeah. and stuff every yeah. time, it's not going to last. But yeah, on the stock bottom end, yeah. you could get to 900 horsepower. That's crazy. It might be it? the stock block. I can't recall. But either way, it, it could handle a lot more power than it had. Yeah, and then start throwing in like a lightened crank and, and mm-hmm. upgraded rods, and you're way into the four figures. Have it down to a Titan Motorsports in Texas, and they'll they'll take care of you. <laughs> they'll, they'll give you something that it would make they'll help you out. Toretto cry. <laughs> well, also speaking of JDM. J- yeah, JDM today. I love it. JDM. Um, I got trucks. You got JDM. Yeah, this is a 1991 Acura NSX 5-speed manual in red. 70,000 miles indicated. Uh, obviously, it's commanding far less than Supra's. Well, I say far less. I mean, it's still sold for sixty-five-five, which is not cheap. Seems that seems cheap for an NS. I yeah. don't know the NSX market, but yeah. the fact that that seems kind of cheap. I mean, um, much like the Supra, it will last forever because it's yeah. a Honda. So you you maintain it, still got to be. It'll be fine. As far as I know, I didn't. I haven't gone to as in depth uh, with this car as Supra's, but it's one of those I really, really want. Uh, because I gradually, over time, I came to covet it almost as much as the Supra, which is kind of good because it's a bit more realistic price-wise, but you know, that won't last forever. Um, the first thing I would do with that car is I'd swap in the the JDM 5-speed, which had much shorter ratios. Mm, that so, makes for a lot more fun. Oh, for sure, because it revved. I mean, it's a V6 that revs to 8,000 RPM, which who wouldn't who wouldn't want that? Right. Um, so first thing I'd do is probably that. Uh, so it's a sweet, sweet V6. And, of course, a big reason for it, is or wanting it is that Ayrton Senna helped to develop the car. Yep. Famous video on YouTube of him driving it at Suzuka in brown loafers and white socks. Yep. Yeah. I think we all know that one. Man, it's God amongst men. God, just unreal. Uh, so I wouldn't want I wouldn't want to modify it much more than the fives. Maybe an intake exhaust. You know. Uh, Didn't they do a Senna edition? Am I thinking? Maybe. I can't. I can't recall. I mean, they. They may have done that for one of the more recent NSXs. Was it a Senna edition or was there a Zanardi edition? I'm blanking on this one. I feel like there was a special edition for one of the two of them. I'm not seeing an NSX Senna. Interesting. There could have been one, but I'm not seeing one. But now you got me curious. If I look up NSX Zanardi edition, maybe that it was one? a Zanardi edition. Because he- there is one. Okay, there 1999 we go. NSX Zanardi Edition is lightweight, fixed roof NSX to lust after. Thank you, Motor Trend. Yes. yes. Only fi- only 51 copies, and it has the appropriate wheels. Yes, it this does. so Ooh. nice. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. I know. That's the right color, too. And that was done to, um, what, commemorate his, what was that, his and like, car championships? I think so, yeah, because it's a 99. That would make sense. Yeah, Chip Ganassi was running Honda. And they, they photographed this one by an old abandoned building, which is like two of my biggest things is cars and old abandoned buildings. I was going to say, you know, I want it. Putting them together is kind of your like. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's my thing. The mark. Uh, yeah, so the I wouldn't modify a car like that a ton more. Back yeah. in the day, they did have the CompTech supercharger kit. I don't know if you recall CompTech. I do. They did I a do. lot of Honda things. Turbo would kind of kill it because you, you would lose that, that yeah. super linear. Well, it wouldn't kill it. But you would lose that very nice, linear, buttery power curve that you yes. get with a Honda V6. Yeah. Um, but those are my big controller picks. And I, I think, like it. I think we're wrapping up here. We are. Absolutely. Come to the end of another episode. Yeah. So, lessons today is, you know, buy Gran Turismo, buy a PS2, 
and go electric karting. Go electric karting, and I'm going to be doing a lot more of that because I have to get faster. Yes, absolutely. All right. Well, until next time. Adios. Bye-bye. Bye.